Greetings, everyone. It's the Monty Man. Before we start with this week's show on step-by-step toward emotional sobriety with Dr. Alan Berger, may I just say that this particular broadcast is focused on 12 stupid things that mess up the holidays. Now, I recognize that when you're listening to this show, it may not be the holidays, but believe me, everything that is taught on this workshop is appropriate for any time of year. So let's join Dr. Allen Berger and myself on this episode of Step by Step Toward Emotional Sobriety. The views expressed on this broadcast of Step by Step Towards Emotional Sobriety with Dr. Alan Berger do not necessarily reflect those of Take 12 Radio, KHLT Recovery Broadcasting, or our affiliates. Take 12 Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting are not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. And now, here's your host, Dr. Alan Berger, and... The Monty Man. Well, greetings all and welcome to a, another, if I get my mic right here, another fine episode of Step by Step Towards Emotional Sobriety with our friend Dr. Alan Berger. It's good to have you with us and uh, it is uh, always a privilege to know that that uh, those of you out there that are tuning in um, have something to say. Our email address here is take12radio at comcast.net. Please email us with your questions, your comments. Uh, also, Dr. Berger's address is abphd at msm.com. You can follow those links right here on the webpage, uh, also on your smartphone and your Facebook and your Twitter and on and on and on it goes. Welcome, Dr. Berger. Well, happy holidays, Monty. Yeah, yes, it is. <laughs> And for many of us, it is very happy. Um, for some of us, we can't wait to, for it to get over. Isn't that the case? <laughs> well, that's so true, and that's why this show on emotional sobriety is so timely in one sense is because we're going to talk about how to hold on to yourself and be able to support yourself and stand with yourself through these holidays. You, you know, um, I was talking to someone that, that I'm very close to today, and his girlfriend, uh, and you know, since we've been doing this show, it's like learning a new word, right? You start hearing it everywhere. <laughs> uh, since we've been doing this show, I'm picking up on stuff all the time. And this this gentleman's girlfriend said uh, said, I, "I want you to give me a ride home because this guy he, he just just had his uh, 16th birthday, just got his driver's license, and I don't know about." California, but I know in Oregon, you cannot drive with anybody under the age of, I think it's 18, uh, by yourself for six months. Yeah, that's right. And, and so uh, she asked him, she said, well, drive me home. And he said, I can't do that. She says, well, nobody will find out. And he says, but I'll know. And I'm not going to do that. And she got very upset with him and isn't talking to him uh, well, hasn't talked to him all day long, and uh, I'm I'm watching this couple as they they and they're they're very young, you know, but I'm I'm watching as they communicate with each other and, and stuff, and I got to tell you, man, I'm like I'm like, man, this is a person that if her boyfriend doesn't respond the way she wants him to respond 
in every circumstances, whether it doesn't matter how minor or how major, um, she she is not okay. Yep, yep, yep. She has a lot of rules about what he's supposed to do. Yeah. For for her to feel um, loved and to feel a connection with him. You know, and I'm watching something. About that, you know, it's so sad. Big thing that we, yeah, it is sad. It's sad because she really misses him, and she really misses the uh, incredible job he was doing in honoring himself and taking care of himself and not giving in to her pressure. Right. I mean, that says a lot about him in terms of who he is as a person and that he's got a, a solid sense of himself, which mm-hmm. is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Okay, so uh, send us forth oh, on this, this is, journey. One of the way I thought we could get into this tonight is, you know, everybody's uh, probably familiar with the fact that I've written 12 Stupid Things That Mess Up Recovery, and I'm really pleased to say it's staying in the top 20 books, and right now I think it's like number three on uh, one of the Amazon bestseller lists and number nine on another one. So it's yeah, congratulations. a very, very popular book, and it really, really is helping a lot of people. But I thought it would be kind of fun and tongue-in-cheek, but I think at the same time helpful if we talk about 12 stupid things that people can do to mess up the holidays <laughs> and, and what they could do if they choose not to mess it up, how, how they can uh, cure those situations. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to hit the first six of them before the break, and then we'll do the last six after the break. Super. All right, here's number one. Everybody get ready. Next time we can play some Christmas music or something. Okay, I'm ready. Here it goes. All right. We're going to take this holiday as an opportunity to point out the character defects of your family members. (laughs) They're going to give you ample opportunities to do so. (laughs) Point out the character defects of your family members. That's right. That's stupid thing number one. And, of course, they're going to be just so glad to hear that, right? (laughs) (laughs) They have a group therapy session. Right, <laughs> some of them are so, some so, of them are expecting it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sometimes that's the kind of craziness that goes on in families, right? There's no bound, yeah. and and you know that it's so important. You know, I heard a very um, a very wise man once say that um, keep your mouth shut, especially when you know you're right about something. Oh, I like that. Uh, uh, when you want to point out the character defect to somebody else. Yeah. So I really encourage, if you don't want to mess up your holidays, keep quiet about everybody else's shortcomings, especially when you know you're right. You know, there may be some time to talk about that, and I encourage you to, to approach someone and say, you know, I, I do want to address something with you at some point. Christmas and the holidays are not a time to do that. Right. Very good. That was number one. Number two. Expecting this year to be different than all the others. So if <laughs> what happens in your family is there's drama and a crisis and you feel like you're walking on the set of a Jerry Springer show and then you think that somehow, magically, this year is going to be different, well, you're setting yourself up. There's no reason that it's going to be different, and that's one of the ways that people set themselves up. Mm. That somehow, that this year everybody's going to be able to regulate themselves and modulate themselves and to be different than they are. And, you know, the truth is is that nothing is going to be different if nothing's changed. 
Right. right? So, so if you're expecting things to be different this year and then people don't act any different, you're going to be in a world of hurt. That's right. Yeah. Now, the one thing you can do, and this is an important thing, is to think about, well, what do we have control over and what don't we have control over? And that's a right. part of the most variety money is to really be able to focus on what we have control over. So in that situation, you don't have control over how anybody else behaves, but you certainly have some control over how you behave. Mm-hmm. What you do, what you do, and how you deal with that situation, how you handle it, how you respond to it, that's all within your control. So it wouldn't be a setup if you said, this year I'm going to see what I can do to deal with this situation from the best in me rather than from the worst in me. Yeah, yeah, good good, good one. And one of those may be, I will keep my mouth shut when I know I'm right. Hey, listen, that's a good one. That's one that I, I need to practice. Fear <laughs> of that. You can, you can, we'll get my wife on the next show and she'll, she'll let everybody know about that one. Yeah, but see, my excuse, uh, my excuse is, but this is my job. <laughs> that, that would be interesting, huh? We put our wives on the show. And everybody would really know about emotional sobriety. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, it would be. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number three. Number three. Lose, lose yourself in making everyone else happy. You see, this is the time of the year that the people that are codependent are just are in so much joy because they, they have the, the official authority, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Making everybody else happy, right? So they yep. go out and buy presents for everybody, do everything for everybody else, and this time of year they're supposed to do it. But look, it's so important, you know, don't lose yourself, you know, don't make people more important than you. You can make yourself as important as others, but not more or less. And so this is a time of year, if you're struggling with that issue in general, to do your best to hold on to yourself to keep a sense of yourself when you're doing this stuff and stop treating other people the way you want them to treat you. Start treating yourself the way you want to be treated. Instead of setting up a situation where you're hoping if you do all this thing for everybody else, then somehow they're going to do it for you. Right, because the truth of the matter is you do not have the ability to make everyone happy uh, in the way you think they should be happy. Yeah, right on, Monty. Yeah. That is so right on, man. That is just right on in terms of what we want people to understand. Right, right. Can I, let me ask you a question. Let, let me ask you a question before we get to number four. Yeah, go ahead. Um, um, this would fall, uh, this number three would be like uh, the the person who says, well, you know, I wasn't going to buy any gifts this year, but I bought one for Fred, so now I need to buy one for Jane. Or I yeah, bought one for the 12-year-old, so now I have to buy one for the 6-year-old. And, and and so what happens is they become smothered by their own expectations of themselves uh, having to please everyone. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. They put so much pressure on themselves to make everybody else happy, they get lost. And then they start to really, really get nuts, right? Right. I mean, they start reacting, and they justify it because look what I'm trying to do for everybody else. <laughs> yeah, and then when people don't respond the way they think they should, then they, right. yeah, they get really mad. <laughs> uh, listen, what have we been talking to people in this show? 
is that when you do something for somebody else, you do it because you want to do it, not because you're trying to get them to appreciate you to do something in return. Right. And if you can't give something with an open hand, then don't bother. Don't, don't bother. We'll be talking about that uh, in a little bit. But here's number four. Okay. This is a stupid thing that will mess up this season, is to to accept uncritically or to swallow whole someone else's notion of what this time of year is supposed to be. You see, we can get so seduced into the commercialism of this time of year mm-hmm. and that forget to make it more personal. At its best, and, and I mean that sincerely, this is a time when we reconnect with family. And we're able to really express our love and our appreciation for who they are. And that's, to me, when this holiday season is the best. But when we get lost and make it about what somebody else thinks it should be, rather than keeping it more personal, we're setting ourselves up for trouble. Mm. You know, then we start people-pleasing again. Well, I've got to believe like yeah. they believe. Yeah, Or it's, it's, it's accepting, you know, it's not having this critical thinking or... You know, one of the things that we talk a lot about in terms of emotional sobriety is this idea of autonomy, is of keeping a sense of yourself. So regardless of what other people are thinking that this time of year is supposed to be, you know, you personalize it. Let your concept of the holidays guide your behavior and what you want to do. I know some people now are saying, instead of getting into all this consumerism and this you know, and buying gifts and spending ridiculous amounts of money, especially when times are hard, families are saying, you know, let's find some other way to express our feelings towards each other. Or let's limit the amount of money we're going to spend. Or let's draw names from a hat to keep it down to a more Mm -hmm. reasonable size. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. And I don't want anybody to feel bad about needing to do that to deal with their situation. Some families have decided not to have gift-giving anymore because they don't need anything. Right, But it's right. a ridiculous thing, and it's more important to just sit around and connect with each other. You bet. You, you bet. In fact, I want to encourage the listeners. If you have somebody in your life that has informed you that they're not going to give gifts anymore, or maybe not this year or whatever, but they're just not doing it anymore, applaud them. Don't don't judge them. Don't 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 feel bad. It's not it's not against you, um, because because I know several people that are doing that. They're taking care of themselves, Doctor Berger, and they're doing it. Some of them for the first time in their lives, and they are just not in a position to be spending money on others right now because they're they're putting themselves first. That's right. Yeah. And they're trying to take care of themselves, and they're paying attention to their situation. Right. And you right. That's to be applauded, not criticized. You bet. That's to be encouraged. And, and to really be appreciated and not to, to shame somebody for that. Or to, to take it personal, like you said. I mean, that's the other thing, you know, I hope our listeners have been learning from us, Bonnie, is that our emotional dependency, our lack of maturity, makes us take a lot of things personal. Yeah. And it's not personal. The more that we can understand that it's not personal, the more personal we can be. Yeah, amen. <laughs> I love it. Number five. All right, number five. Number five. Expect others to take better care of us than we take care of ourselves. You know, we think this is a time of year where people are going to be caring. And so if we're out there and breaking our back in the kitchen, 
thinking somebody's going to come in and just spontaneously say, can I help you, or why don't you go sit down? If you're tired and you're overwhelmed and you're burned out, go sit down. <laughs> for help, go sit down. Yeah. Say, would somebody mind helping in the kitchen? I'm really tired right now. I need a break. And put that out. It's okay for you to ask for what you need. Mm. Instead of sitting there and getting mad and angry that nobody's figuring it out. Yeah. That's what a lot of people do, and it sets them up terribly. You know, my mother used to tell me, bless her heart, I, I would say, Mom, what, what what's good? Because I would call her once a week when I was in college. Call her once a week. And then if I missed a week, right, I, I would call her, and I knew what was coming, Dr. Berger. Yeah. And I could right. hear it in her voice, and I would say, Mom, what's going on? And she would say, well, if you don't know, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> oh, boy, that's a deadly one. We, people do. Know. People expect us to read their minds. And sometimes we're just selfish and self-centered enough that we don't read people's minds. We need somebody to say, hey, I need some help. And and people don't understand that it's okay to ask for help. You, but if you're sitting around expecting people to read your mind, you're going to be sadly disappointed. That's right. That's right. So what's the cure for this? Accept personal responsibility for your comfort yeah. and your serenity. Ask for what you need. Ask yeah, for help good. if you need it. It's okay. doesn't mean you're less than. In fact, to me, those people that ask for help when they need it, it shows that they're really more than than you know they are if they're not asking for help. Sure. So here's number six, and then we'll take a little break. All right. Accept gifts or help that is not given with an open hand. So if you let somebody give you something and somebody's giving it to you begrudgingly, you're not doing yourself a favor and you're not doing them a favor. Because what happens with that is there becomes a lot of resentment, there's usually strings attached, you know, you're not able to be grateful and appreciative of it. Mm -hmm. I remember one year, this husband, I was working with this couple, he thought he was doing his wife this, this wonderful thing. He went out and he bought her a Mercedes Benz. Oh, Lord. And, you know, anybody else would think, my God, you're going to be happy. Well, she had, you know, four kids. And what she would have rather had would have been a Dodge Caravan. She mm -hmm. had the Mercedes Benz. Mm -hmm. It wasn't functional for her, and she was more concerned with getting the kids around. So when he comes home and hands her these cars, you know, thinking it's going to be a December to remember... I guess that's a Lexus commercial. Yeah, <laughs> is what happened is is she was unhappy, mm. and he got outraged. How can you be unhappy? I bought you a Mercedes, but you. Yeah. When we don't give something that to somebody that they really want, and when we don't pay attention to who that person is, and we give them a gift, and then with this string attached to it, you've got to appreciate it. Well, if he wanted her appreciation, and this is what finally happened, he took the car back. And then he got her the caravan, and then she could be appreciative. And then it was a cleaner transaction. <laughs> the other way it went down, he bought the car that he wanted her to have, not the car that she wanted. Or maybe the so car... there wasn't an open hand in it. He wasn't right. giving her freely. He was giving her something with the expectation that she should like what he wanted to give her. Maybe he wanted the car. <laughs> if you want to be appreciated, make sure you give somebody something they want. 
Uh, and I've got before we go to our, our break, I, I got to tell you, I got to tell on myself here. When Marsha and I got married, um, it was customary in, in, in our family that the groom bought the the bride to be a, a wedding present, and so I bought her. <laughs> oh Lord, have mercy! I'm going to say it. I bought her a CB radio. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my! Oh my! You love those gadgets. Now, now this. Yes, I do. Now, this was my reasoning. Oh yeah, let's hear it. She she's going to because she would commute to work about thirty minutes uh, oh. to work thirty minutes home on the highway. Uh-huh. If she gets herself into a pickle, she can get on the CB radio and call for help. This is before we had so many. Everybody had cell phones. Um. So that was my justification. So when she opened the present. And she saw the CB radio, and she saw how quickly I gave the reasoning behind it, mm-hmm. right? Her remark to me was, and she said it in a very loving way, and she patted me on the knee. She says, this is a wonderful gift for you, isn't it? <laughs> because – There she goes. She got it, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, I, I, I was concerned for her safety, but – when in, in in thinking about that, my mind went right to my toys. My toys will help her. Uh, so I was trying to control control even what I was given to her. Yeah. 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 Oh Lord. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you were. We call those "thank you for nothing, darling." <laughs> okay. Thank you for nothing, darling. <laughs> yeah, really. And, and 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 you know what? It's still sitting in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to listen uh, to Dr. Berger share with us uh, six more things that will make up the 12 stupid things to mess up the holidays when we return. Hey, check it out. You can now access all of our shows from a variety of podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, Podomatic, and Player FM. Simply search for Take 12 Recovery Radio, and you'll be tuned into the best in recovery broadcast journalism. Also available at Take12Radio.com. Hey, everybody. It's the Monty Man. I certainly hope that you've been enjoying these rebroadcast, remastered presentations of Step by Step Toward Emotional Sobriety with our friend, Dr. Alan Berger. Hey, listen, all of our shows are always for fun and for free. And we intend on keeping it that way. However, there is a financial cost for us to bring you these shows and all of our productions here at Take 12 Recovery Radio. So if you would consider a donation to help keep us on the air, we would certainly appreciate it. No amount is too small. And if you would like to do that, simply visit us at Take12Radio.com. Scroll down to the bottom of the page and on the left-hand side, Click on the donate button and follow the instructions on how to do that. We certainly appreciate your consideration. All right. Now, let's get back to the discussion on the 12 stupid things that mess up the holidays. All right. Number seven. Number seven of the 12 stupid things to mess up the holidays. Deny or resist feelings from your past or current situations that surface, uh, such as resentments, grief, or disappointments. See, a lot of people don't take the time to recognize what they're experiencing. 
fact, in my new book, The Twelve Hidden Rewards of Making Amends, one of the things I talk a lot about is that when we work the steps, one of the gifts that we're given, one of the benefits that occur is that we're able to stay in close contact with our experience. Mm-hmm. By staying in close contact with our experience, Monty, we can start to learn from what we're doing. So when these emotions surface, it's so important to embrace them. Now, like I said before, this may not be the time to get into them and to deal with them, but it's very important to acknowledge them. And so to be able to experience them and note that when they surface like this, they're telling you that there's some unfinished business in your life that you need to take care of. You know, they're really like signposts, right? Saying, hey, pay attention over here. You've got to go in this direction for a little bit in order to, to, to help yourself you know, feel better and, and to, to be more whole. So, so we shouldn't listen to that. A lot that. of people deny those, and that's and that messes things up because, you know, what happens is when you stuff these things down and you don't attend to them, mm-hmm. they come out. They're going to come outside. Yeah, They're right. Eat out. They're going to seep out. And a lot of and people, a lot of people hear that voice, a lot of people hear that voice that says, you shouldn't feel that way. It's the holidays. Don't feel that way. That's that's yeah. the pressure, too, that we all feel, right? Yeah, right. You don't feel that way. It's the holidays. But you can recognize that you feel that way, and you can say, look, this is something I need to deal with. If you're somebody that journals, put it in your journal. Come back to it after the holidays. Mm. Deal with it. Because mm-hmm. it's very important mm-hmm. to, to honor yourself in this way and to take care of these issues. All right. Very good. Number eight. Number eight. Keep yourself in a state of perpetual motion. Keep moving. Don't ever sit down. Don't hold still. Because if you do, you're going to start to feel what's going on with you. So a lot of us avoid ourselves by getting so busy, by keeping ourselves so busy, by just running nonstop instead of holding still long enough to start to experience what's really going on. I know for a lot of us this holiday season, while it's very joyful, also reflects some loss. Sure. We lose members of our family and we become aware at this time of year that those members of our family are no longer with us. So in terms of all the joy, there's always that other shadow side, which is some of the sadness of the loss that we've experienced. And if you hold still, you might find yourself grieving about a grandfather or a grandmother that you loved that's not going to be joining you this year, or a mother or a father or for some families that have lost a child, especially to this disease. You and I know that this disease has robbed so many parents, mm-hmm. their children, and, and robbed them of that experience of growing old and seeing their children grow old. And it's such a tragedy oh. that with many families that have had to face this thing, and this, it's horrible. This disease is such a thief. Yeah. So cruel. Yeah, and, and, and oh, Lord, I I um, I think that we we sometimes live in fear that if we feel those things, we're going to ruin the holidays. But in actuality, what may may very well happen is is if you let yourself feel what's really going on, you may end up having one of the best times of year you've ever had. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, because it's it's real. See that what we keep talking about is for people to get real. For people to really uh, embrace themselves 
and to honor themselves and to really be committed to their authenticity. Do you hear, Dr. Berger, do you hear in working with people, do you hear the, the statement, yes, but in our family, we just don't do that. We don't sh- right. open up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what I tell them is that's too bad. You should. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like, you know, how's that working for you, right? Right. It goes back to that old right. thing. It's like, how is that really working for you? And there's a lot of families that say, God, you know, do we really have to give up that this way that we've been functioning? And, you know, what I tell them is I, I don't pull any punches. I say that's something that's worth giving up. You know, you if something is not working or meeting your needs in a low-quality way, you know, you're selling yourself short. Uh, I was at this great conference recently. It's called the Evolution of Psychotherapy. It's the largest psychotherapy conference in the world. And one of the masters of family therapy, Dr. Salvador Mnuchin, who's now 92 years old, wow. was there, and he was speaking, and he was talking about this intervention. And he looks at families when they're dealing with certain problems and stuff, and he'll look at them and just say, you know, He'll look at, let's say, a father in the family and says, you're wrong. The father looked at him and said, well, I'm sorry, excuse me? Aren't you a therapist? What are you telling me I'm wrong for? Therapists aren't supposed to do that. <laughs> the guy will look at him, and Dr. Minucci will look at him and say, no, you're wrong. He says, let me tell you what, what I mean when I say you're wrong. You're wrong in believing that all you are is this problem. Mm. You are so much more than this problem. And you don't know that, and that's where you're wrong, is not knowing that there's so much more to you than what you're doing here and the way you're behaving and the way you're dealing with this situation. Yeah. And isn't that so true for each and every alcoholic and addict that's out there that's still suffering? Uh, I think There's so much more to them than just this disease. There, there's a, I think the group's called 10th Avenue North. They have a song, and part of it is, uh, you are more than the choices that you made. You are more than your past mistakes. Wow. You know, and, and we, especially in our 12-step support meetings, sometimes we get caught up in this thing that we are defined by our illness. And to yeah. that, I say, no, 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 no. We, we need to respect the fact, yeah. you know, right, that we have this illness, but... Don't let it define you. Yeah, right on. Let it influence your, your life. And, and always we have to, to pay attention to our vulnerabilities, to our addiction. That's no question about it. But we have much more than this illness. Though. Yeah, you bet. Number nine. All right, we're at number nine. And this is a variation on number two. Number two was expecting that this year to be different than any other. Number nine says expect your family to be different than they are hoping that somehow things are gonna, they're going to be different because of this magical time of year. <laughs> uh, you know, this is, this is a false hope, Monty. You know, what I encourage people to do is when they start acting the way they always act, instead of being upset about it, say to yourself, of course, this is the way they are and this is the way that things are right now, and I can learn from all of these experiences and I can learn how to deal with this in a better way. Yeah. Who they are doesn't have to determine how I, how I am and how I deal with the situation. I can get grounded in some principles and deal with this situation, you know, with the best possible attitude that I can discover. 
So if Aunt Gertrude, if we say to our say, say to our spouse, well, Aunt Gertrude's coming over for Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas dinner or or, or celebration of lights or whatever, and we know that she's going to be pulling the same old stuff. Instead of looking at it like that and expecting her to do something differently, we can take a golden opportunity at that point to determine that we are this year we're going to respond differently. Yeah, right on, right on. Yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna let that person and who that person is determine how we're going to be. Yeah, we get to do that. Remember, I said before we got to pay attention to what we can control, and what I can control is my response. I can control my attitude. I can control my effort. I can control my honesty. I can control how I deal with the situation, but I can't control what the other people are doing. Do you think that, that you know how we say, uh, yeah, but Aunt Gertrude, when she's around me, she just makes me so irritated. That's right. Do you think that we say that because we really believe that she's causing the problem? We don't really understand? Oh, yeah. yeah. Listen, yeah. that's one of the things we've covered is that when your differentiation is low, yeah. then other people make you feel a certain way because you've made them so important. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't have a sense of yourself. Your sense of yourself is derived by who they are and how they treat you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That means that, you know, if, if they don't do, if they do something a certain way, they're going to make you angry, right? If they're not living up to your expectations. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So uh so if you're expecting your family to be different, uh well, check in with us. Let us know how that went. Uh right, that's about listen, to expect that, but that'll be one of the things that'll mess up your holidays. Yeah. Number ten. ten. Number ten, believing that family problems indicate that there's something wrong. Okay, say that again. But we've been believing that problems in your family mean that there's something wrong with your family. Oh. Problems don't mean that there's something wrong. It, it means something's right. Families are supposed to create problems. It's a natural phenomena that happens. Problems occur because of who we're not yet. So when a problem arises, it's kind of putting a spotlight on an area that shows us where we need to grow and develop. Mm. families and relationships are people growers. So there's always going to be conflict. And from that conflict, we're going to be able to see what we need to do to help get a better hold of ourselves, yeah. to be able to support ourselves better, to be able to take a, a healthier perspective about things. And so seeing a problem in a family is telling you that there's something wrong, you're missing the boat. Mm. Saying something's right, and your job is to start to unpack the lesson, to extract, to extricate from that situation the lesson that you need to learn to help you identify your next step in your development. So if you use that this year, you're going to be getting a bigger gift, and you're Mm. going to be giving yourself the best gift you can give yourself, and that's the gift of awareness and the gift of growth. Just because there's pain doesn't mean there's fault. That's right. That yeah. exa- well, say that again, Monty. I like that. Yeah, just because there's pain doesn't mean there's fault. It just it just came to my mind. I was thinking, wow, it just uh, just because something hurts doesn't mean that there's fault there. That's wonderful. Yeah. Now, number eleven is kind of we talked about it with number six, but I kind of 
bled these two things together. So let me clarify them again. Number six, six was it would be stupid for you to just accept gifts that are not given with an open hand. If somebody gives you something and they don't want to, don't take it because they're not doing you any favors. Now, at the same time, is this number 11 is a good one. It says, if we give a thank you for nothing, darling, gift, and expect gratitude or for that person to graciously accept a thank you for nothing gift, we're setting ourselves up. You it's bet. A gift, a gift is not going to be appreciated unless the gift is given and coordinated with who the person is. Uh, I can give you some examples of that. When I was growing up, and this used to drive me crazy, so I grew up in Chicago, I was on the northwest side, and I hung out with the cool guys, the greasers. Right now, the other group was the dupers. They thought they were cool, too, but I thought the greasers, the group I was in, was the cooler group. <laughs> of course, the dupers thought they were. But the greasers, what we wore, and what made us so cool, is we wore these Italian knit sweaters. And you could go down to Maxwell Street in Chicago and bag. This is back in 1965 or so. You could go to Maxwell Street, and you could get one of these Italian, beautiful Italian knit sweaters for like 20 bucks. Wow. So these were like great things. So everybody on that was in a greaser wore these Italian knit sweaters. They were really sharp-looking. I mean, you know, I thought we were just strutting and cool when we were wearing these things. Mm-hmm. So at Christmas, my mom knew how crazy I was about these things. Well, she would go to... Um, I think it was called Woolworths, and she would buy these $5 polyester golf shirts for me. (laughs) Well, polyester wasn't cool. Wool knit Italian sweaters were cool, not these $5 polyester golf shirts. So I'd get one of these things, or she'd give me a tie. I didn't wear friggin' ties. I was a kid. (laughs) What are you giving me a tie for? When do you see me wear ties to school? I don't wear friggin' ties. I don't wear polyester shirts. So I would have these polyester shirts and ties in my drawer, and I was expected to be grateful because, after all, it is the thought that counts. (laughs) <laughs> well, well, what I was thinking is the thought that counts, but can't you make your thought a little bit more sensitive and, and relevant to who I am instead of giving me stuff that I'm not interested in? <laughs> so I felt invisible. And so it was very hard to appreciate gifts that weren't given to me. She was just given gifts because she had to give gifts. So that's what I, I learned this lesson, and that's why I'm so, I have such a pet peeve about this. I try to give things to people that they want. She gave you a CB radio. that I want to give them, but that they want. That they want. She gave you a CB radio, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you knew my mom, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Talk to my mom before you bought that gift. <laughs> Stay away from my mom, Monty. She's not going to point you in the right way. <laughs> All right. May she rest in peace. Yeah. I've come to peace with her with that. Right on, bud. So here's the last one, and I'm going to let you say more about this, um, but but I'll, I'll put in my two cents, too. And it says, accept uncritically someone else's notion of God. Mm. God is a, 
And when our relationship to our higher power is personal, and we personalize it, then God is going to have a lot more to do and to stay with your life. But when you're taking on somebody else's idea of God, it's not going to work for you because it's not yours. That that is oh man, that is so true. And and I've talked about this before about our relationship, Marsha's and I's relationship with our two boys. Yep. You know, we we raised them the way we believed God wanted us to raise them. But but when it came, I mean, we 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 took them with us to church. We we did we did all the motions, right? Right. Um, but we sat them down, and 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 parents, hear me, hear me, really. Hear, I don't care what faith you are. Listen, listen to what I'm telling you. If your kids, your spouse, your best buddy, whoever it is that you're trying to control, um, <laughs> if they don't develop their own personal relationship with God, yeah. it's always going to be yours that they're leaning on. And someday you're not going to be around. And someday you may really tick them off. And you don't want them blaming God for for whatever you know you're doing. Here's the deal: you've got to let people develop their own relationship with their higher power. If you don't, it's not theirs, and it will never work. Yeah. And that's hard to do, especially as a as a parent, you know. But we had to say, okay, okay, guys, you're at the age now where you need to develop and nurture a relationship with their creator that's outside of mom and dad. Yeah. You know. And uh, it's 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 so important. And, and this this thing is a is a bone of contention for a lot of people around the holidays, right? It sure is. You know, you, know, you should do this, and you should do this, and you should do that. Yeah, I don't know any way to get that. Doesn't attract me when people start. Oh, that telling, would be another good thing we could put down. That could be number thirteen. You know, should everybody to death at the holidays? Yeah, should everybody yeah. that? You bet. You know that's going to mess it up too, man, big time. Um, and, and here, it, this really, this really, really focuses on emotional sobriety because, because here's the deal. Um, in, in our case, with our two boys, they have stayed with with the faith they were they were raised in. But it was important, very important for us. What if they hadn't? Are we going to be not okay? That's right. That's right. The deal of it is learning how to be emotionally sober means that if somebody does not go down the path that you direct them towards, you're still okay and your relationship is still intact. That's right. And and I truly believe that is that in a healthy family that there's going to be a respect for differences and not pressure for everybody right. to think and feel the same way. And that's what we're striving for is so that there's room enough for all of us and if we could all live and let live like that, money, this would be such a better world. You bet. And we'd be so much more open-minded to other people's ideas. Oh, God. Wouldn't we, man? We really would. If there's any time of year you need to put away the sword, do it now. <laughs> Come on. Drop drop the sword. Because, you know, if you cut off the Roman's ear, God's just going to put it back on. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, really, and and besides, you, you know, who's got time, really? I, I mean, who's got who's got time to just be ripping uh, ripping on each other? Come on, I mean, we got enough problems going on as it is. I mean, my gollies, I can't. 
I can't figure out why my brand new lights on my tree keep going out. That's 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 my big issue. <laughs> I don't need any people issues. Uh, Dr. Berger, thank you so much uh, for another well, fight show. Well, great show as usual, Monty. I love you, man, and uh, God bless you and your family. Uh, you, too, you too, my friend. Stay on the air because I've got a question for you. Okay, folks, don't forget our email address. On our, Go to our contact links. Uh, go to the links here on this page or on your smartphone. And uh, please visit Dr. Berger's website uh, at uh, abphd.com. And until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man along with Dr. Alan Berger. We're wishing God's perfect serenity for you. Bye-bye now. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting.